Welcome to the AD Aesthete, hosted by me, Mitch Owens, Decorative Arts Editor of Architectural Digest. Cult British designer Matilda Goad is full of ideas, but don't rush her. Creating what she calls pieces to elevate the home with minimum upheaval takes time. Whether it's a scalloped raffia lampshade, an artful ceramic tray, or my personal favorite, an egg cup with an integral plate. They're the sort of products, happy, charming, and unusual, that one wants to keep as much as one wants to give. I hope you enjoy the show. Matilda, I love reading your, or looking at and reading your Instagram, because I feel like I know you almost better than any designer I can think of, because it's such a friendly, fun, really approachable Instagram. And I love that a few days ago, you stated that your mother, Emma, was your first customer. So I wanted to talk a bit about the house you grew up in, Deer Keepers, and how that has had an impact on, on your taste. Well, firstly, thank you. Um, I love Instagram and for me, it's such a visual board where images can almost speak louder than words, which is something I find a lot more powerful sometimes than explaining myself, I guess. So I really love Instagram and using it as a platform to really just show what I'm inspired by, sort of products in the making and really just a, a mood board, you know, of my everyday life. My, my childhood um, growing up in Sussex, about two hours outside London, was very idyllic. I'm the youngest of a very, very big family. My elder brothers are 13 and 14 years older, and I have a lot of cousins who are all much older. So I spent a lot of time really being in my own world and learning to be creative with what was around me you know, making a lot of camps and making objects out of sort of really what was at home and boxes and ribbons and just really sort of getting on with life by myself. I also spent a lot of my time moving my room around constantly, much to my mother's dismay, um, often getting sort of the bed jammed in certain positions. Um, but it really was a, a very um, idyllic childhood. And I think it's been such a great beginning and of my life ahead, I guess. My parents are very encouraging and sort of always, I guess, let me go with my gut instinct when I wanted to pull out of going to university aged 18 and wanted to start working in the big world and troopsing off on sort of the underground when I didn't really know London very well aged 15 to go and do work experience for some designer that I'd heard about. Yeah. <laughs> so was, was design always an interest of yours? Was it something that you had been inspired by, by other members of your family's creativity? Growing up, I was definitely um, not in brackets an intellectual, I guess. Um, and I was always very creative <laughs> and artistic. But it's funny because when I was growing up at school, I sort of always thought that the avenues in life, you know, you could either be an artist or you could really be a fashion designer. And that was all that was out there. And as I've 
um, grown up and I've worked my way around the world, I've realized, you know, that there are so many tangents within the creative industry, whether it may be interior design, set design, makeup artist, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, sort of as I've grown up, I've realized and discovering for myself all these different avenues that I'm still exploring now where, um, you know, I really believe if you are a creative person, you, you don't necessarily need to be stuck in one industry as such. And I think in a way, quite often, it, it can be quite interesting to apply your style to different industries, as, I guess, because you go in with a different headspace. I'm really glad that you mentioned set design because there's always been a, a, a strong tradition uh, within the interior design community for at least a, a good portion of the 20th century of designers of products, designers of, uh, of interiors, etc. going into set design. Is that something you could see yourself exploring? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a funny one. And in a way, I wish I'd known about set design when I was 16 and 17, filling out forms and looking at what work experience I wanted to do when I was younger. Because, you know, I think it would have been a really interesting industry to have been running around and been working on amazing film sets and photo shoots when I was younger, not saying that it's not available now. But I remember my first introduction I guess to the world of set design was when I was working um, with Venetia Scott um, who I worked for for many years and quite early on when I was working with her we went to go and visit one of the prop houses which are all situated in sort of the, the in West London um, and there's a whole area of all these different warehouses and my eyes literally popped out of my head when we went around and you go around with a sort of supermarket trolley, putting in, you know, an orange telephone and pulling together all these props for the photo shoots that we worked with, worked on. And I think it's such an interesting and such a creative industry where you can express yourself so well. And particularly because I'm, I love so many different visual references. I'm not particularly obsessed by one genre or era as such. And I think with set design, it's so fun because you work in these quite quick, transient styles, I guess. Because I would love to see a Matilda Goad set design. I, I, I so admire your products and I, I loved the way you styled the busts jam in, in London in the windows. That was just such great fun. English design, no matter how classic it is, to me, there, there, there seems to be this element of whimsy within the DNA of, of British design, certainly British product design. And I see that a lot in, in your products. There's, there's so much color and there's so much delight. I, I think my favorite um, product of yours of late, it would be between two, and that's the red ceramic uh, toast rack with the twisted supports and also the great egg cup plate where the egg cup is fused to the plate so you don't knock it over. <laughs> I love that you mentioned the egg cup. I was doing um, a press day recently for Matches, who is um, Matches Fashion, who are sort of really my only wholesaler, um, who I have a great partnership with. And it was in New York and I'd set up these 
tablescapes from um, a range of products I, I create for matches, which are a tablescape in a box. So there's the breakfast set, the lunch set, and the dinner set. And within the breakfast set of these egg cup plates that you mentioned, and you know, I'd been chatting to all these journalists all morning and showing them the thing. And one journalist came up to me and they were like, what is a bald egg? Because apparently, apparently in, in New York, no one has a bald egg. It's very English. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I think it's a great product. And that's sort of what I, I, I see a lot in your designs is this sort of taking something that is normal and then tweaking it and reshaping it and giving it a, a great sense of fun. And again, like you said, going to the prop house, I, I was, saw the egg cup, the egg cup plate, and my eyes were on stalks. I, I, I just thought it was such a terrific design and yet so simple because the elements of it were things that we all understand. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, I feel like, you know, you've really put the nail on the head of it, exactly what I'm trying to do with my products. And um, you know, I'm very aware that the product industry and particularly interior products, it, you know, it's a very saturated market. And for that reason, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious about the products I put out there. And, you know, we have very small collections of products. Then I always want to have a point of difference. And um, for, the, for, the, for the products also to be often multi sort of disciplinary and they're able to use them in different ways. And, you know, everything from ceramic jugs, which have gold, um, real gold glaze on them. But I feel that often, you know, jugs aren't always filled with flowers. They're quite often sitting on your shelf with nothing in them. And for that reason, we painted the inside of them um, in a lilac glaze. And I think it's just about these everyday objects that, um, you know, for instance, our cutlery, we, we have a line of, we call them the rainbow cutlery sets, which have bright, brightly hued acrylic candles that, you know, they, they're just gonna make your everyday um, mundane tasks, like having cereal on a dreary February morning before you've got a long day of meetings, a little bit more exciting. And that's really what I want to do with my products. Is there a reason that you've kept your product lines very tight? I mean, you're, you don't have great breadths of products. You have very strategically thought through small lines. Yes. I mean, there's a few reasons, really. The first reason is that I guess we're still a very small team and the production, you know, unbeknown to all my friends who very blasé say, hey, you should start doing, you know, bed linen and this and that. And no one really realizes quite how much work goes into production. And for, for me, it's about the quality and about producing these products that I would be really proud to see in 20 years time. And they really have standed the test of time, both with their quality and their style. And I think that the production as a whole is, it's a great job and a lot of ideas that I have not many often come to fruitation. But also, as, as I said earlier, it's I don't want to flood the market with products. I think it's about having these few products that have a point of difference and just feel totally unique because there are so many products that are very similar on the market. And, you know, I want my customers also to be able to slowly buy into the brand. And we have such a great rate of customers 
returning back to buy more. And, you know, we have two quite different customers. We have a sort of the younger customers who maybe buy into the products at the lower end of the price point, such as our um, scallop planters or the candles and other customers who will, you know, often save up for something or they'll ask for their boyfriend to give it to them for a Christmas present. What other customers of ours, which is sort of more in the interior design, will come back often. And, and that's what we want. We want these customers to keep coming back and to sort of lust after the latest product, I guess. And it's nice too, not to be overwhelmed with, with so much product, so much design, so that you, you lose, as a customer, you lose focus or get distracted um, by something else. Yes, totally. I think um, it is about having these very refined collections, these products that are within different materials. So often a starting point for me when I'm designing a product is a material I come across or a technique that I've seen, uh, you know, a sort of traditional technique is often a starting point. And, um, you know, I feel, for instance, with my scallop lampshade, which is really still our biggest seller, and it's sort of, I guess, the most visually known to our brand you know the amount of people who ask us you know if we can do it with a pink trim or a red trim and we don't for that reason that you know i want to have quite a concise line of products and that is what a raffia shade within our collection looks like i'm very excitedly about to launch a line of brass lampshades at Christmas which is a whole new bracket for us and I'm so excited but you know I feel very confident launching them because they feel so different to our scallop lampshades that it's you know our customers may use them in a different room. What is it about brass that attracted you as a material this time around in terms of developing a, a new product? Brass is it's just a totally different texture compared to all our other products. The other lampshades we make are in a sort of woven cane material and in raffia. So to me, the brass lampshade, you know, it feels a lot, it feels a bit more grown up and more masculine. And I, I, I love to play with um, balance. And often I jump between things being very girly and very masculine and quite slick and cluttered. And I love that balance of mixing items together, particularly in my interior design. I, I play with that a lot. And I think it, it's just something on the other end of the spectrum that I think brass shades would look great in a room. Are there other materials you're looking at now and exploring? In terms of our products, we're, we're working on it with a few, we've been working with an, an, a sort of third generation Italian um, manufacturer who does marketry, um, which has been rather amazing. We produced some drinks trays last year, which um, were very well received. So we're working on a few more products in that collection at the moment. But also in terms of sort of interior design, I think there's so many materials that you wouldn't traditionally use. And I, I upholstered a few things in my home in denim, which um, I was really pleased with the outcome. Um, and also like clothing corduroy, I think is really interesting. Cork, I think is really interesting. And I think there's a whole new uh, market of products which have been recycled, some really interesting plastics um, that are made of 100% recycled plastics, which we're sort of, we've got samples here at the moment and we're starting to work on some ideas around. Was the Italian firm the same group that worked on your rainbow lacquered uh, wood placemats? 
Yes, exactly. That that is the the same um, manufacturer. Those are terrific. I mean, and for for listeners who haven't seen Matilda's website or aren't familiar with her very sprightly product line, their their the rainbow placemats are round placemats that look for all the world like pinwheels with these in, inlaid wood yeah. dyed in different colors. And you it it's sort of like a game. You expect to spin it, and it, it's. It's a, like you said about being on a cold February morning eating your cereal. I would want to put my plate on that pinwheel uh, placemat because it's, it's just jolly. <laughs> well, you know, I think that is it. I think it's about these jovial pieces that are just, they're going to enlighten you and they're going to make, you know, whether it's your desk or your side table and they just bring the room together a bit. And, you know, quite a lot of, our customers, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a younger um, market, uh, you know, it's a younger category um, of customer who, you know, are maybe in their first rented apartment and they're not allowed to paint their walls. You know, they, they don't have the budget to have um, an amazing printed curtains, but they can invest in a lampshade to put on a lamp that they already own. And that's going to bring the room together. And in my own home, my husband goes nearly mad because I'm constantly moving everything around. But I think that I think that rooms do sometimes need to have an uplift. Especially now when we've all been sequestered at home for so many months, that must be an interesting uh, d- dialogue between you and your clients as they're examining their homes more closely and realizing they need an uplift on this lamp or they need a tray to, to brighten the space? You know, the past few months have been a very, you know, interesting time for us all. And we, we have had a real increase in sales. And I think, you know, as you say, it's everyone has been at home way more than they ever would have imagined. And I think this is going to be for the foreseeable. And it's about creating a little desk nook within your bedroom. And you know, I always believe in kind of creating little sections within a room and trying to make the most of every sort of square of the room. And as you say, it's these these little pieces that can transform a moment, um, whether that's having drinks in the evening, serving them on a tray, you know, it just brings things together a bit more or adding in a lampshade or moving things around. I, I think it's about making the best of the moment. Another thing that I think makes a a real change um, or a real impression on your clients, as it certainly has for me, is your newsletter called The Dispatch. Can you talk a bit about The Dispatch and the idea behind it, how how it was developed and, and what you send out into the world? Yeah, I mean, The Dispatch is, you know, at the moment, it's, it's a little, we're starting out on it in little steps, I guess. And I found that, um, I get so many questions from clients who have bought lampshades and and then they want to know where's the best place to get this lamp or what type of light bulb even, where's this paint from, what do you suggest and so many other elements that um, complement my products in their home. And I, I think nowadays information is accessible in every way. It's just a matter of how quickly you can achieve it, I guess. So I'd far prefer to share the findings that I come across rather than keep keeping them too close to my heart. So our monthly mailer, the dispatch is really just 
sharing ways of living, tricks. Um, you know, I love an old wives' tale and old wives' tricks and different ways of cleaning and all these little things that complement. You know, you can have the most beautiful home with all the right glasses and all your napkins can be pressed beautifully. But it's really, you know, what music have you got on? You know, what's the atmosphere? Have you got your lights dim? What are you cooking on the table? How are you going to serve your drinks? And it's all these other elements that don't necessarily cost anything to do. But it's these little gestures that bring everything together. And I think it's just about sharing this. And it's just an extension of the brand and just sharing some things that I've come across. And recent findings that I love. So it is a kind of work in progress and I'd love to hear, you know, everyone's thoughts and which direction they'd like to see, but it's been great. And, you know, we've been doing it for about six months now and we seem to be getting more and more people signing up um, weekly, which is great. Because you can sign up for it on your, on your website, matildagoad.com. I love it because it's, it's a, a dialogue between you and your customers or just the world at large. I, th I think it's so important for me as a consumer to have that kind of intimate dialogue with a designer because I want to know that you're a person and you have ideas and you have fun thoughts and you have failures and you have, you point out that, that it's not just a tray. What music are you playing? What are you doing? What is, you know, how do you improve your daily life in in really easy simple ways yeah i i think it is you know it's just about being very honest and you know we're all busy we all have hard lives to some degree and i think it's just about as you know making the most of those moments i mean i just adore dorothy draper and all her ideas and the books are just hilarious i think they're so great they are they, <laughs> she's she's such a funny person and i know that dorothy draper the, you know, the great American decorator of the 30s and 40s and 50s even, it sometimes comes off as incredibly campy and silly. And then you realize, no, actually it makes a lot of sense, everything that she's pointing out, because it is very simple to make a room better on your own with a little sort of a, a, a little goosing from someone, a little encouragement. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I think it's even like these really small things of, you know, I decant my fairy liquid. Well, we call that here, I guess it's like washing liquid in the States. Yes. You know, I decant it into an old glass bottle and sort of, I, I like to remove, you know, my sort of rice and, and lentils. I like to put them all into glass kilner jars and, you know, organizing mess. So I, I now have a, a little daughter and, you know, along with it comes really ugly plastic toys. And, you know, I think, and I think it's just about grouping mess together. And, you know, it's all these little things that, you know, as I say, aren't going to cost you anything, but are going to make your life better. You know, it's like when you go out in the rain and you've got an umbrella, you feel so smug that you have an umbrella. And it's really just these sort of things. I know, I, I love, uh, I was saying about, the, about your Instagram going through and, and seeing, you know, the leftover denim, uh, that you put on the poof, the who knew, you know, there, there's, there's more to a terrine than serving soup, but filling it with flowers. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think again, it's, it's um, I love to sort of make the most of, of products and to, to, to reimagine, to reimagine 
things in different ways. And going back to the products, you know, I, I think one of our biggest sellers at the moment is a giant ceramic clamshell um, that's probably about 60 centimeters big. And I, one of the things I totally adore um, are shells. And I've always collected them and gathered them when I've been on beaches. And I've always admired the giant real shells, but they cost a fortune and are very, very heavy. So we set about creating a shell out of ceramic. And it's amazing the way that we often get tagged in images on Instagram of the different uses. So, you know, it's everything from a fruit bowl to holding loo rolls in a bathroom to holding magazines. I recently have tried to make a sort of flower mandala using with water and floating flowers. And, you know, it's exactly that that makes me really excited and um, pleased and so glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. Matilda, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast to talk about your designs, your life, your ideas, and propelling certainly me forward with your enthusiasms. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to chat. The ADS Theat is produced and edited by Diane Dragan and Emma Wurtzman. Music by Circus Marcus. All rights reserved by Condé Nast. To reach us about this episode or any other episodes, find us on social media at ArcDigest or email us at letters at arcdigest.com.